0: Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker, host and author of That Girl, the podcast, where each week we talk about the coming of age at any age. That Girl, the podcast is based on That Girl, the novel, which is on Amazon to download, listen to, or buy the paperback of. You can also follow us on Instagram at That Girl, the podcast, and our Patreon page. Let's start. Yes. What, yes, what What are is that? that? Oh, it's just a bottle of alcohol. I love it.
1: Is it's that- a, it's Sauvignon that? Blanc. And oh. it has to be from New Zealand or else you can't drink Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, it's a fun that. fact. I I, le- I actually learned that from a really drunk makeup artist that had it down to a you know to the tea, how to like play <laughs> off not being drunk the next day. She'd drink every night.
0: <laughs> What's the secret?
1: She would fucking down um, Gatorades and Gatorade. Gatorade in the morning so she yeah. could replenish and of course, Listerine.
0: I used to, nope. well, back in my 20s, which this whole book is about my 20s, um, I would come into the studio and just be like, I'm gonna get myself either a Gatorade or I would get um, cranberry juice and Perrier and I'd mix the two, which is by the way, delicious. And cranberry
1: also, and really, Perrier.
0: Yeah, like just half and half. It's freaking delicious. And it's In the very, morning? Yeah, it's very hydrating. Oh, so, just, just a okay. little. A little tip. A little tip. Okay. All right, let's open this. This is the premiere episode.
1: Are we recording? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Wait, wait, you're going this to... okay. okay. just... It's okay. Oh, oh
1: geez. Geez. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that's amazing!
0: Yay! Cheers. Well, just to okay. episode one. To episode nine. one. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we're all together, yay! yay. Um, let's talk about chapter one. Work-life balance. Um, Tell me what you guys remember, what you thought, just stuff that came up. And I also have questions to ask you, but let's just go because it is truly all about behind the scenes of being a hair and makeup artist in TV or film and what it's really like. And it is not the glamorous, (laughs) oh my God, I'm the celebrity makeup artist. No, you're not. No, you're
1: not. No. Nanny, no. no, take the lead. <laughs> uh, I, I totally resonated like when she was talking about, you know, putting on the tanning, the foundation, and having to slather it on, and, you know, how it's, there's nothing natural about her <laughs> making it look like a natural tan. But that's just literally, in a nutshell, that describes everything that we do. Yeah, as makeup and hair people, there is nothing natural about how anybody looks on screen. It's yeah. it's very very seldom that you have people that walk in and they're like, okay, little chapstick, a little moisturizer, you're good. Like never.
0: And those are really only men too. That can. But even, even but even with the, the men,
1: I mean, even with the men, like, yeah, you'll get twenty something year olds walk in there and. We'll have to color correct like a hairline and we have to adjust. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many little adjustments that the camera will pick up on and mm-hmm. the public just really doesn't understand that. And I know that we're marketing a product, but it's unfortunate because the children or the, the younger crowd seeing that, yeah. it really brings a lot of confusion into their lives thinking that, you know, a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah. Like this is the standard.
1: Yeah. You this know. is how you should yeah. look. And right. if you don't look like that, then, you know, something's wrong right. <laughs> or, you and know what just I mean? It took like, a
0: village to get literally, that, to get that and then to maintain that for hours, yeah. hours.
1: Right. Literally, it will take two makeup artists that, or three makeup artists to do the body, to do the face, to do the nails, and then to have mm-hmm. another hairstylist and maybe another hairstylist to help make it happen yeah. if you want to get someone through in like 30 minutes for a female.
0: Well, and that's the other thing, too, is that people think, oh, you know, I'm sure they have all these hours to get people ready. And we have no time. No. They just never give us any time, right. even for something really complicated. It's and like, we're expected to just jump to it. And then when we're running late or it's not finished, it's like, you didn't give us Ample time to even get there. No. Well, and the thing is too, is like your job kind of depends on you getting these actors in and out of there. Absolutely you know, and if you can't do it, well, we can find someone else that there's
1: definitely there. many layers to our job. And that being a big one, you absolutely mm-hmm. cannot hold up camera. You can't think that you're gonna fill your moment. Like you have to have that <laughs> planned out and it has to be like a science to get it yeah. on. And if you have to change it, like it's no more than 15, 20 minute change. Or in some cases, quick change is less than five minutes.
0: Right. On set. Exactly. I think just people don't understand our job. You know, they just think, oh, just do this. And, you know, just wave a magic wand and it happens, you know, but it doesn't work that way. No, I, I can't tell you how many people, whether they were actors or whatnot have been like, oh my gosh, you're so fast. You're done already. I'm like, Yes, I have. Yeah. This is this is how it
1: is. <laughs> like this is what we're trained I've, to do. Yeah,
0: I've never had more than you know 20-30 minutes to right. do something. So, you know, in the book, I talk about how like people are just like pumping out makeup artists from these schools and hairstylists, and they really feed them this idea of again, like the celebrity makeup artist, the celebrity mm-hmm. hairstylist, that they're going to come to work in this like really cool outfit and be the star and they are absolutely not the star. And if any of us showed up to a movie set like that, (laughs) we would be totally laughed off and been like, go put some fucking tennis shoes on. Why are you wearing flip flops? Like what? Like the simplest things that like younger makeup artists I've heard be like, but you have to wear closed toed shoes and like, <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. like a, a lot. Like honestly, you really
1: hurt yourself. <laughs> that's how we can tell that you're fucking new because you don't know how to dress. Okay. This nope. one. Or right they here.
0: come in with full on hair and makeup and I'm just like, what time do you wake up? Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, no makeup. My hair is not done. I'm in my yoga
1: outfit. Top knot. Know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Top knot nice. city yeah um, but yeah no it doesn't matter there's definitely look. that where you can tell the new ones that are coming in and they're just so trendy and I mean <laughs> I mean granted you do have some trendy makeup and hair people out there that are super fucking bougie but for the yeah. most part across the board everyone is like t-shirts and jeans sweatshirts yeah. mm-hmm. close toe shoes you know, and unless you're in front of camera or you're working on a live stage, it's show blocks. Right.
0: Absolutely. Right. So here's one of our prompts because this does take place during your twenties and like early thirties, like 30, 31, 32. Um, Talk about a time in your twenties or early thirties when you felt like you really hit rock bottom and kind of what that looked like, if that was with your career or if that was with your love life or something like that. You just read mine. So (laughs) I'll stay ahead of this one.
1: I think for me, it was in my thirties. It was in my, the beginning of my thirties is when I started to see a shift in the relationship that I was in. I was not fulfilled. And basically I would look to my work to completely like, immerse myself into it because I was so unhappy at home, you know, and working on set, it's really, really easy to do. And that's something that they don't really talk to you about how easily you can like pull your relationship apart or you can lose a sense of self because you're on that hamster wheel. And, you know, before COVID we were working 80, I mean, it was very common to do 80 hour weeks. Uh And when you're on location, It's even more so like on one of my jobs, I think I did 105 hours in one week.
0: Yes. And now that has really switched with COVID, especially. I mean, they're trying to save money and, and cutting people. Like I just was um, scheduled to produce on a show and I was postponed all year and was supposed to fly out like this week, actually, I was (laughs) supposed to be in Hawaii this week, um, having waited all year. And yeah, they're just, they're cutting anybody mm-hmm. who can, who doesn't need to time. Yeah, and I now see. their expenses, like their insurance is so high just to have a show mm-hmm. that oh. that's terrifying for a studio. Yeah.
1: And even though they're trying to cut costs with, you know, limiting the manpower and the this and the that, they, you know, we have COVID reps on the sets and they do um, display tremendous amounts of support to us, but you do have production trying to fight you tooth and nail for some of the things that really make a, a huge impact on how we perform. Like,
0: well, Nani, especially today, had a very interesting experience with that. We will not name names to protect the semi-innocent, but she did do a haircut, and I'm going to show you a picture of what she looked like. Um, what was it like wearing a hazmat suit to do a haircut today? In a hundred degree weather. In a hundred degree
1: weather. (laughs) Girl, I was putting like a fucking $2 hooker on nickel night. It was so fucking hot. It was, I had some ass, girl. I was just so hot. And the actor's looking at me. He's like, oh. He goes, wow, that's incredible. I'm like, isn't it though? Isn't it incredible? I'm like, I can't cut your hair, son. Can you just tell me where you want me to cut your hair? (laughs) Because I am dying. Literally, I had a full suit on the face mask or the face shield, the face mask. I have my glasses on, which was a poor choice. I should have worn my contacts because <laughs> now I'm dealing with fucking fog. And <laughs> oh my God. Okay, I was just like a drunk toddler, like trying to find my way to my station. It was fucking awful.
0: <laughs> oh
1: my God. <laughs>
0: God. That was but amazing. When you sent us that picture this morning, I was like, I just want to post this on every platform <laughs> like, this is what our job looks like now this is it this is what you have to do if you want to be a makeup artist no more looking cute just no. look like you're going yeah after no. i your photo your photos just like telling her you know i don't want to go back to work it's already hard enough as it is and then you have to add all these other things on top of it
1: it's, it's definitely out. emotionally draining Mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. You either yeah. voice how you feel and lose your job or you just shut the fuck up and you do what yeah. you're told and you and don't I, get paid to think.
0: Yeah. Honestly. And that is kind of just the quote of our business. It's like, if you voice your you voice, anything like it really is, it could be your job because no yeah. one is permanent. There's never, right. you're always no. a daily hire. No, it's, all a,
1: it's all disposable. Yeah. You're, you're all at the disposal of production. And if they don't need you anymore, you're done.
0: Because there's always that person, like you said, the new people who are willing to do whatever it is they're asked, you know, for the job, Mm -hmm. you know, and so for the people who have been in the business longer, who are just like, hey, you know, these rules, or this isn't safe, or this doesn't make sense, you know, you risk your job, if you try to voice it, you know, because there is someone off the street who wants your job who they can hire you know, to take over. Right. And it doesn't mean that they're any better than you at all. It's just who is easier, who's easier to work with. And, and that's unfortunate because there are times when, you know, we've all worked on shows that were just not okay, you know, for some reason or another. And you were like, mm-hmm. all right. Like one in particular is really coming to my head right now <laughs> where I was like, I'm dying slowly. I think I'm dying. <laughs> and uh, there's a medic, but he's not really doing, he was giving me Cody. He's like, Here you go, honey. Here's some coding. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I have, I have like a parasite. I'm, I'm like not able to eat. I've been here like four weeks. I got to go home. Um, yeah, you can't really, you can't really say you need something. (laughs) No. And that's the other thing too. It's like, I think that after years and years in this business and dealing with unspeakable, crazy, you know, asks of everyone you kind of just get to a place where you're like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to take that. Is job. it worth yeah. the
1: money? Is it worth it? Yeah. Can I? I just, I just had the same conversation with another hairstylist, um, not that, like literally yesterday. And we were going over the rates and the responsibilities, jobs, and weighing them out. And I told her, I'm like, listen, do you want to be in an environment that you're not aware of how that department head runs their ship and they're not necessarily going to put you and your family at their priority because they don't give a shit about you? Yeah, granted, you're going to pay $10 more an hour than you're used to, but you got to ask yourself, is that worth it? Is that worth my sanity and my health? And it's not. I mean, You know,
0: it, it reminds me of a show that I was doing. Actually, I was doing it with you two. We were doing the same show and I left because I was offered a job that it was a lot more money and looking back on it I regret it you know it's just like it wasn't worth that extra ten dollars you know so I think it comes with experience with you know age and seeing you know what is it that I really want you know I think at our age now you know I think like, we've all known each other since we've all started in the business. You know? Just and little babies I think we have just experienced a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and what's yeah. worth it, what's not worth it. I feel like maybe all three of us are kind of questioning. I've, I've since moved on from makeup and went into producing, and that took, a, took years, really, to transition. And I only just completely made that transition last year. And so I was doing both at the same time. Um, it feels like maybe we are all kind of in that same place of wanting to try something new and pivot. Mm-hmm. Because if anything, gosh, just to get ready for work and just the work environment just seems exhausting mm-hmm. on top of what it already was. <laughs> it's exhausting. <mentally> prepare yourself. <laughs> yeah, like mentally prepare yourself. Like I'm going to wear a hazmat suit all day and I'm not even going to be able to touch up my talent. I hear most people are in the makeup and hair room just sitting there and that's it. Like your talent goes out, and you're just like have a great show, which is kind of nice, <laughs> but also like what if something needs to be fixed, and like now they look terrible in yeah, TV. And it's, it's like your that's fault. my work. Do you, so you guys have any again without naming names of shows or <laughs> actors or anything, but any really funny experiences or like embarrassing experiences <laughs> that you'd like to share? Uh, well,
1: um, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that. I mean, I've I've dealt with actress are just nasty and they're just not nice people. They treat Mm -hmm. you like you're a piece of shit, like you're less than them. Um, I've had actors that have been just drunk out of their minds where they're asleep (laughs) in the chair and we're trying to get them through makeup and hair. Meanwhile, someone from production is making giant cue cards so that they can remember their fucking lines. Like it's Mm -hmm. insane. I mean, I don't see it as much as I used to like 10 years ago with the poor behavior because i do feel like within the last couple years people are being held more accountable Mm -hmm. and not being allowed to act really like this but i do know years ago i mean even the the people before us would say oh yeah go to the camera truck that's where the cocaine is and you know i remember when i first (laughs) got in totally yeah when i first got in the uh the wardrobe girl was having sex with the fricking uh, transport guy, the the base camp transport guy, in the honey wagon. Oh like God, in like in one that of, that of the small that rooms. That. Like my it God, was just a lot of those
0: stories. Uh, <laughs> not with me, other people. literally <laughs> not with you. Jeez. <laughs>
1: but a lot of sex, like a lot of like funny things going sex, on on set. We're like a lot of drugs, a lot of drugs yeah. Yeah. All, You know, makeup artists having sex in the trailer people walking in on them you know you're just like
0: oops sorry I'm just getting touched up I mean I feel like there's one scene in the first chapter I think it is that um an actress walks in and she's like in full method acting and she's like I'm getting married, getting married. oh my god and that really <laughs> did happen and we all were like what and looked at her and she was like fully in it mm-hmm. and I was like Oh, on the show, right. Yeah, you're so freaking crazy. Like she was insane. I mean, nice girl, but like do just not yeah, not fully there. Mm -hmm. But it is, it's just crazy. Or like, oh, we know this person. Um she was able to cry on cue. Yes. The exactly. specific eye, she could have a tear come down in the specific up. eye. Oh yes, you know, her. you know who she is. I know who she
1: is. <laughs> I know who she is. <laughs> and I just
0: am like, I'm so impressed by that. No, no, yeah, I, I no wish will. I could do that. I wish I could do that too. Just like if you really need it, like a cop you yeah. you, like just one tear comes <laughs> down. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, That's incredible. Yeah, I could never do that. Right? I could never,
1: I could never in a million years do that. I'm sure I could like try to think of something horrific to build right. up to trying to cry, but on cue Just like that. On cue. No,
0: I only cry. That's very like, impressive. It's that cool. is- well, as crazy as some actors are, there are some wonderful actors yes. out there too. And I don't want to like make this a whole bashing. Oh, actors are the worst. Like we all have no. friends who are actors. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. Lovely. And they're like the very few, but there is, yes. there is something very true about new actors that we all, I think have experienced on like new shows after like the first year, they're still pretty nice. But yeah. after the second year- What just, is it about that second year? Oh, I don't know, but it is so true. After that second year, they are just suddenly, they have all these demands. They're really fed up. They don't listen to you. They don't sit still. They just don't, you know, and they want you to do the makeup the way they want it to be done. And it just is so frustrating. And that's such a, a weird phenomenon, but it yeah. happens. Like almost, almost like 99% of the time. Yeah. Oh Yeah.
1: Oh, no, definitely. I would say an episodic. I always say if you have new ones that come in for a season, definitely by the third season, they're completely different people. Mm -hmm. Because by the second season, they start to see what other people got and maybe what they didn't get. And by the third season, it's like, it's fucking, the gloves are on.
0: I mean, not to say it happens with every new up and coming actor. You know, I've worked on shows where we've had those up and coming actors and they are just, you know, are just such the loveliest people and we're still good Mm -hmm. friends. And I'm just, I tell them, you know, please don't ever change.
1: You please know, don't just let it get please, to you. like
0: please don't ever change. You know, because you're amazing. You know, mm-hmm. don't let this business get to you. You know, and it does. It's just when you have too many people in your ear feeding mm-hmm. you, you're great. You're what great. What it you're is? Great. Yeah. You just you you feed the monster, and it wasn't even a monster to begin with. But now yeah. you've got this monster. When you know, I've seen. I mean, we know who we're talking about. There's so many hair and makeup people who will just like feed that monster. Oh, and yeah. Like, just making it
1: worse. Like, well, it's that kind of con- like that. That comes from inexperience or it comes from a place of ego or insecurities. Mm-hmm. And they feel that they have to lock in that relationship for job right. security.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's how so many people do lose jobs because then they manipulate that actor and then, then one day that actress is going to leave them, and they're going to be like, "Oh, great! Now what do I do?" Yeah, it's a really slippery slope. It's very yeah. dangerous. It, just, it okay. reminds me, I was talking to you earlier about a show I was working on, and it had an actress who is very well known. And like we said, like you know, you got to dress down. Like you can't look oh, cute yeah. <laughs> because this, you know I wasn't, never looking, I wasn't even looking. I wasn't even looking cute, but yeah. she had an issue with me and it was an issue throughout the whole first season. It was really, it was really hard emotionally. Like by the time I was done with that first season, I was just, it like, it kind of like broke me a little bit, but you can see it because she was such a big star. You can see everyone feeding into, you're Mm -hmm. so amazing. Like, what can I do for you? And I'm just like, I'm not gonna do that. You know, I'm just, it's gonna be real. I'm not gonna feed into your ego. Right. Do you want to contribute to it or, you know, or Absolutely. not? Absolutely.
1: Uh, but honestly, happens. honestly, you guys, I think across the board, most female actors are so, so insecure. And the, and the men too. I'm not, let's not fucking sugarcoat this shit, okay? <laughs> like I, the I, men I, can be worse <laughs> sometimes than the women. Yeah, so
0: that's true. true. So okay. I've worked with.
1: Anybody that has worked with me knows I'm always tying my hair up. I've recently just cut it. And I've always had like a really long hula haircut. I'm originally from Hawaii. So like, that's just part of my essence as part of who I am. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what I felt more, most comfortable with my whole life, which was having the long hair. The bad thing about it is because of the amount of hair that I have. And especially if I'm doing like an amazing blowout, people are like, const- they would be touching. Is that all your hair? It's like, yeah, get your fucking hands out of my hair. Like, <laughs> Like, come on. But yeah. I'd have to totally downplay it because mm-hmm. I don't want the attention. I don't want to take away the attention from the mm-hmm. actors. I don't want to, it's just unnecessary. That's not what I'm there to do. I'm there to get them through to the camera, to be their yeah. best. Their, right. you know, help them to to really give the performance. Yeah. Whatever it is that they're there to do, that's what I want them to do. And I don't need to. They don't need to be thinking
0: about me. Right. Absolutely. Just to stay focused. Yeah. It just reminds, it just makes me think of, you know, all those hairstylists or makeup artists who want to be in the business, you know, because they think it's so glamorous, you know, Mm -hmm. what we do. And I've had instances where they'll ask if they can come visit set and just see what I do. And, you know, I get the approval and they come in, they take a look and they're just every single time. Is this what it's like? Mm -hmm. Like. You know, they just have no idea their bubble gets burst, you know, because it's not, like you said, like they think they're going to come in, they're going to be like the celebrity Mm hairstylist, like, or, you know, makeup artist and, you know, the spotlight is on you, but it's not, right? right, you know. Okay. Did you ever, hmm, and maybe we've already talked about this, but did you ever take a job or have a boss that was just like the worst? And again, not naming names. (laughs)
1: Like yes. Is, would you yes. like to go
0: first, Nadia? Yes. <laughs> I actually,
1: um, I actually worked under a person that had the reputation, the worst reputation in the whole Seven Hundred Six Union for a really, really long time. And um, I'm not going to name any names, but <laughs> yes. this person, literally, I mean. I only ca- cried three times on the job. Only
0: and, three times. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty good. It's pretty it good. Is, it is good
1: because I worked for that person for 10 months.
0: Wow. 10 months. Is really impressive, actually. I was just going to say, how long was the job?
1: 10 months. Wow. And that was my first full-time job in Los Angeles after I had left the job that we were on together.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And um, it's just, you know, this person like would show me how to block a wig and I, I've worked in the theater for a couple years. I was only an assistant. So basically my job and my duties were very limited opposed to being a stylist at that time. But I was learning a lot. I, I knew how to block wigs with theater. Theater lace is very different than film and television lace. So she was teaching me more of, you know, this is what we do in this arena. But whenever I wouldn't do something right, like for instance, the, the wig wasn't blocked good, that person would just like rip the tape up and be like, and then like (laughs) she, that person would be like, it's like this. So anything that I would do was wrong in the beginning. And you know, I I remember tearing a piece of lace and the person goes, well, maybe you're not meant to do wigs. And it's like, (laughs) who fucking says shit like that? Like really? Because I made a mistake. Like, that's the only way that you learn. Yeah. I mean, thinking back on it now, I'm, I would never tell anyone that's new. I would never tell them something like that because, oh, no.
0: well you, you obviously know, have compassion too and empathy,
1: <laughs> you know, from that experience of working for that person for so many months and seeing the dynamics of how that person, uh, miss not only mistreated myself but mistreated her peers the other peers that were on her level at that time she made two of them cry um like just mean and I know that the the you know the hairdressers before us that was kind of like their spiel that they were so mean and conniving and nasty to each other and they found they found um delight and, and pleasure and, and messing yeah. with people's lives. And I just, you know, I, I took like- a lot, I took a lot from it. I took, mm-hmm. it, it showed me how not to department head. And I got to tell yeah. you, after I left mm-hmm. that job, because how I was so mistreated, that's when I started to department head and be, you know, despite that, I was not qualified to be a department head I did whatever I had to do to learn how to be a department mm-hmm. head because I wanted to make it my personal responsibility to create a positive environment right. for the people that I was working with and I didn't want my kids right. to be used against me that there was a lot of that going on at that time as well wow. you know so it was you know it's it was a scary time you know mm-hmm. being the newer person and stuff
0: yeah right. that is a really really strong point my mom is make bertis and had me and I went to set a lot as a young person mm-hmm. because there was nowhere else for me to go, especially during summers. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just remember being on set with her and I would be very quiet and like, you know, a good little kid, but, yeah. um, it's very difficult to have children and mm-hmm. to not have a stigma because of that. Cause people mm-hmm. just assume like, oh, well she has kids. So Maybe she's just not available or or whatever you saying
1: There's a lot of yeah. that. So a lot of people yeah. take it upon themselves to speak for you. Oh, she she's not available. She can't and that drives me fucking crazy. It's like, don't take money away from me and my children. Mm-hmm. Let me have the opportunity to decide right. if I'm able to do it or not.
0: Let's talk about dating a little bit in our twenties because we in talk 20, you know, like dating the like losers that we dated. Um but that was like, like what would you
1: Christine she, is like
0: what I didn't date in my 20s she didn't she's been married I can forever. talk <laughs> I, maybe my 30s right like okay. right now <laughs> yes she can talk as it late um but yeah like talking about those kind of loser guys that you've dated and sort of you know what you would tell your younger self even if it's just months younger self <laughs> what would you tell your younger self <laughs>
1: Oh, Christine, what would you tell yourself?
0: What would you tell What yourself? I tell myself? I feel like you have so much insight now. I kind mm-hmm. of, you know, in my 20s, I, I didn't do the dating scene. You know, I would tell my younger self, you know, slow down, you know, enjoy it, get to know the person. Um, I didn't really have boundaries, you know, when I was younger. And I think that's what a lot of the problem was. Um, I didn't have a lot of self-love. Um, so I think that would be my advice, you know, to my 20 year old self is, you know, to focus on you, um, learn those things, um, learn when to say no, you know, what you're okay with, you know, don't compromise yourself to, you know, to make the other person feel better, um, you know, take your time. Don't Absolutely. just, you know, put all your eggs in the basket, you know, with so oh, I never did that. <laughs> <laughs> I put all the eggs in the all, only basket. <laughs> only one.
1: That was me. For years. That was me. <laughs> yeah. No, I started having kids really, really young. I actually was a teen mom. So I grew up fairly quickly and I never really dated because I always thought, oh, I need to establish and... Like now I have a baby, so I need to have a family. So that went and put me in the wrong direction, you know, thinking that that's what you have to do because that's what society expects you to have a husband. What I should have done is explore life and learn how, like how Christine said, love yourself more, do things for yourself you know go to school whatever your your desires and your dreams are do things that you want to do right and focus on your personal development and not looking to identify how you're made to feel by a relationship because I mean the end result is always going to be a failure
0: Right. Yeah. It sounds like we're in the same boat. We're trying to live up to like societal expectations, Definitely. you know, mm-hmm. what I should be doing at what age, you know, um, and not what our authentic selves, you know, truly want. And yeah. your 20s are such the breeding ground of finding yourself, mm-hmm. who that authentic self even is. You know, it's, it's very much an extension from your teenage years. Mm-hmm. I really feel like your teenage years are just a younger version of, your twenties. And it's, it is that time. If you have the chance to find yourself and make all the mistakes and really just like try everything if you can. But so when did you guys feel you, obviously younger thirties, when did you feel Nani that you started to really find yourself and find that person?
1: I want to say in my late thirties is when I really started, when I left a 15 year relationship because I had realized that, he just wasn't doing his part. And he was so resentful to me um, because I was, you know, working so much. And part of me working so much was to put him through school to get his bachelor's degree and support our children. (laughs) Right. So that, I mean, that was a very, very expensive lesson, Um, you know, so all that resentment ended up turning into me just not wanting to be there at home You know, Mm -hmm. staying, you know, 10 years ago, you could go on anytime that you worked a Friday, which is a Friday going into a Saturday, you could totally just go on the back of any truck, whether it be a craft service truck and people are just hanging out and decompressing from a fucking really long week, Mm -hmm. you know? So I found a lot of comfort in that. And in doing so, I started to drink a lot a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was smoking a lot too. I mean, I haven't smoked since April 22nd, uh, 2012. And I smoked for like 20 years. I, you know, so thank you. thank you. I have the, the weight that I picked up to prove that I no longer smoke.
0: <laughs> but your lungs are happy. <laughs>
1: My lungs are so happy. The thing is, is that, um, you know, you, you just start to realize you know, you spend more time with the people on set than you do your own family.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's part of the reason why it's so important to have a great team because you really do need the support. If you're working with toxic people and Mm -hmm. then you have to go home, either you're in a relationship where it's, it's not working very well. I mean, it only gets worse. Or if Mm -hmm. you're in a good relationship, you now take that home. Uh, And they have to
0: live that. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So... Looking back on my thirties, I just was like, you know what, if you're not happy, if you're this unhappy, and I ended up having an affair on my ex. And that was, that was a straw that broke the camel back where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm this fucking unhappy, I need to go. And because we had children together, I said, you know, you get yourself together. And, you know, it took me fucking two years to get him out of my house. I understand.
0: <laughs> I understand that very well. Very got it. Got it. Keep going.
1: Yeah. So um, basically, you know, after a while of him just kind of moving at a glacier pace, mm-hmm. you know, summer came, and I just said, you know, it's time. I'm I'm leaving in two weeks. So you better. I finally left. Six months later, I met my husband. Mm-hmm. You know, th- who I'm with now, and we've been together for five years. So um, I don't know. It's just it's amazing. It's amazing because I mean, I, I didn't, it was only six months that I was by myself, but when I met my husband, I knew, I knew he was the one yeah. for me. Yeah. I knew definitely. it.
0: definitely And you know, because you know, you, you know,
1: we laugh. I mean, when I met my ex, I was 21 years old. I was so young. And when we finally, you know, broke up, it was, I was in my mid thirties. There's something to be said when you turn 40, there's like a veil that gets lifted off of your eyes and you are just like so much more aware of who you are as a person. And I have never known myself as much as I know myself now. It is right. the most yeah. incredible experience. you know. That's amazing. Well,
0: yeah. I'm real close to that age. So. <laughs> 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 I feel like the veil has been lifting and it's yeah. so nice. I, I think, I mean, we all... Have this societal view of age, and especially women with age. And truthfully, like I mean, basically everything you just said. It's like I feel like I've only gotten better and smarter and happier the older I've gotten. I would never want to go back. Right? Never. No. I would go back to age. Not at all. I would go back to age thirty for my body, but I would never (laughs) go back for the rest of it. Like, no, thanks. It's okay. Um, Uh But yeah, I. I don't know. I feel so powerful now. So incredibly powerful. Like, I don't need you. I don't need anything. I'm very self-sufficient. If you're in my life, it's because I choose to have you in my life because Mm -hmm. you're a good person. Mm -hmm. And you just, you love yourself so much that you just won't put up with anything. Right. It's a really beautiful place to be. So I hope that younger people listening to this, especially when you are in your twenties and you're just like, Woo, everything is so dramatic and so heightened, and there's Mm. so many emotions happening, and you think this guy is the one or this girl is the one. Maybe they are, or maybe (laughs) they're not. And it's just a big lesson that you're learning. And that's it. Well, I would love to have you back for many, many others. (laughs) I feel like the three of us will just and like the book gets more into music and the music industry. So that's a whole other Fun topic, um, but the story is really a love story. Actually, it's a self love story, and it's an actual love story, like falling in love for real the first time, um, not with the dork or not with the dork. That's like the <laughs> nicest way to say it. I know. We're just gonna get better lighting and better sound. Every system bronzer, lots more bronzer. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. Also, make sure to watch the video version on YouTube and follow
1: us on Instagram at That Girl, The Podcast.